Welcome back to our series about Das Studio, the free 3D content manipulation and rendering software from Das 3D. I am your gracious host, Javis Lewis, of course, and in this episode, I want to talk to you about the viewport draw style rendering options that we have. The viewport, we've learned to navigate it in the previous episode, and in this episode, I want to talk to you how we look into the 3D world through kind of a 2D window and the properties of that window and how we can make use of that. So draw style is essentially how 3D objects are represented to us. Das Studio comes with three rendering engines. One is often neglected and forgotten, which is the one that we're going to talk about right now, because it's the one that we're going to use most often. And it's the OpenGL render engine. And that's a very fast, real-time rendering engine. It's often used in computer games and on games consoles because it can deliver extremely fast results, but also at the cost that these results are not exactly very accurate. There are faster rendering engines, but they take a little bit of time for the CPU or the GPU to render them. So there's OpenGL, that's number one. Number two is the 3D Light rendering engine, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. It's been with DAS Studio from the very beginning of its release. It's a biased render engine, so it can deliver stunning photorealistic results, but it doesn't work exactly like reality does. So there's a lot of trickery involved to get good results. And then the last one is the NVIDIA iRay rendering engine, which relies heavily on a dedicated graphics card, a GPU, to do its processing. The CPU can do it, but it's, it's usually a lot slower than a dedicated GPU would be. It works much more like reality and it can deliver extremely good results. And it's not as difficult to get good results relatively quick. But for now, we're going to talk about the OpenGL rendering engine. And if we have a look at my scene here, I've built this out of primitives. This is a sphere, this is a cone, and this is a cube. And they're all colored in, so to say. So I've added a diffuse color to each object. We're going to talk about the terminology in a later video. In fact, I guess in the next video it is, about what these, what these terms mean exactly. But for now, just know that I've added a diffuse color to all these objects. And the cube, as one odd object out, I have also added a small texture to it. Now texture, again, we're going to talk about this in a later video in more detail, but for now, imagine a texture is a 2D image that's wrapped around a 3D object so that the object looks like whatever the texture looks like. So if you want to create a block of wood, then you'd create a cube that is that doesn't really look like anything other than just a cube, and then you slap uh, an image of a piece of wood on it, and then out of a sudden your cube looks like wood. That's kind of how it works. So I've done that here and we've learned how to navigate around this scene. And uh, right now you can see that even though I can see my objects, they're perhaps not extremely realistically rendered. I mean, not that they're supposed to be anything realistic. This is kind of an inspiration from the beginnings of the 3D days where this was a, an interesting 3D retro promo image like the, the cube, the cone and the sphere and the early 80s home computers when they started rendering these things like on the Amiga, I believe it was. This was the, all the rage because you could see, whoa, this is actually a 3D rendering engine, man. Ooh, phenomenal. And so today is kind of commonplace. And uh, so one thing that springs out here is that we don't see any shadows. Even though if we, even if we had a ground, we wouldn't get 
shadows. So if, if the light source is coming from here, then I would expect a shadow to be here. And we don't really get to see that in OpenGL, but that's fine. We also get to see some interesting lighting effects here that we're going to examine in a later video. In fact, there are a few videos on my channel already that explain this phenomenon. See, if I look at the front face of the cube right now, then it looks illuminated, but the top side of the cube looks a little bit dark. So if I go and tumble around this to look at the cube from the top, then I get to see that all of a sudden the top of the cube is now illuminated and my side that a moment ago was kind of lit is, is no longer lit what's going on there we'll find out later for now it's important that we get to see these objects in this way and this is happening because i've set my viewport to the default drawing style you can do that with this little ball up here right next to where it says perspective view we're going to talk about these things as well right now i'm using the perspective view and right next to it is the draw style as to how are my objects currently represented to me and this even though this is not highlight i'm using the texture shaded mode you can kind of identify this by whatever symbol is showing here so they all look extremely similar the icon design isn't exactly das's strong point i must say but uh, this is the texture shaded view and there's several other options here and there's quite a few of them and they're they're kind of listed here in order of what works fastest and what works the slowest. So texture shaded is a good compromise between seeing more or less realistic objects in your viewport versus the speed your computer, the power your computer needs to invest in order to make these objects appear and at the same time remain responsive. So right now my scene is extremely responsive, but that's because I've only got three very simple objects in my scene. So you can imagine if you had three or four characters on top of a very large stonemason scene, then there's a lot of objects and a lot of points and a lot of polygons that have to be drawn and a lot of textures that have to be applied to all these objects. And the result of that is that your computer doesn't navigate as smoothly anymore. And that's kind of annoying when you're setting up a scene, especially in animation where things need to be a little bit you know snappy while you're while you're setting things up so that your computer can go to work and render it properly so that needs to be kept in mind right now this is not a very realistic example i just wanted to show you what the differences between these things are so texture shaded is kind of the default that you get when you open a scene in das studio but there's also wire texture shaded and if we select that then we can see that the objects look more or less exactly the same but in addition we have some more lines drawn on there so what's going on here well the lines are basically the edges of the object so each object is made up of points that are defined in 3d space and these points are connected by lines and if lines are uh, connected as a closed surface then they're called a polygon so on the cone here we can have a we have a point down here and down here and we have another one up here in which all the other points converge on the top and this big triangle here that's called a polygon and before we switched this over to the wire texture shaded we may not have been able to see that so on the cone i guess we can still see these faces but the sphere for example is completely smooth so we don't really know where these points are so this option here wire texture shaded makes it possible to overlay these lines and just give us an addition there it's not much faster or slower in in regards to rendering but sometimes if you want to know where your polygons are this is a good way to do it without losing any textures
So look at this, the cube, for example, still has its texture on here, which is much easier seen if I go to texture shaded. But if I go to the next one up, smooth shaded, look what happens. It looks like the sphere and the cone look exactly the same, but the cube has lost its crackly stone type texture that I had so meticulously applied. So what's going on there? Well, what the computer does here, what that studio does here, is that it strips out all the textures and no longer displays them. So they're still there. I haven't taken it away and I can easily switch back to the texture shaded view and there's my texture applied. But if I switch this to smooth shaded, then none of the textures are displayed and only the diffuse color of each object shines through. And that's kind of a good way to give the computer a little bit more RAM to work with because it doesn't have to load all these textures into its memory. Quite in fact, it can get rid of all of them. And that means there's more room to do something else. For example, you know, graphics processing. As I said, I can't really see a difference in navigation speed here on this scene. But if we had a larger scene, then that is absolutely noticeable if there's no more textures there. But at the same time, you still have a very accurate representation of where your objects are and how detailed they look. And, you know, that's that's kind of the point of that. Then you can also go to wire shaded, which is almost the same as what we had with wire texture shaded, except for that we now get to see the lines, but no textures. So again, the sphere and the cone look exactly the same as with wire texture shaded. But on the cube, we no longer have a texture. Same thing there. But it gets even faster when we go to lit wireframe, for example. And if we do that, we get to see the lines of our objects, but none of the polygons are filled in with the diffuse color. So the only color we get to see here is the color of the lines. So previously, if we keep talking about the cone here, I had this green big triangle filled in with green, and now it's transparent, so now I can look through it. Again, this gives the computer a little bit less to draw and all it needs to now do is fill in lines and leave everything else transparent. But I can still see the back of the object. So I can kind of look through the object. I can see that the cone is kind of a circle and I can see the back lines of the cube here. And you know, it looks, it looks all, you know, I get the impression of an object, but without actually getting to see the solid object. And again, it gets, it gets even less processing power if I, if I use hidden line. If I do that, then I get the lines of the fronts of the object, but I don't get to see the back anymore. So the object is still transparent, but it looks like my cone no longer has the back circle here. But if I move around my cone, I can see that as soon as a line or a portion of the backside comes into vision, it then draws the line, but it doesn't draw it behind the object. And again, that saves the computer about 30, 40, 50% of drawing whatever it needs to be, it needs to draw, because right now it doesn't have to do that anymore. So again, it makes it much faster to display that thing, that thing, our scene, that's what I mean. So um, that is hidden line. Then there's also wireframe and wireframe and hidden line is almost exactly the same, except for that the wireframe does display the back of our objects. So I guess the difference between the wireframe and the lit wireframe is that we now get rid of lighting in addition to our filled polygons. And then the last two options, they're kind of, they're a little bit freaky. So uh, prepare yourself to be freaked out. They draw this. 
And that's almost like only a brief approximation of what our scene once looked like. So these are the bounding boxes. And sometimes the color is drawn, sometimes it isn't. If I spin around my what used to be my sphere here, I still get a little bit of an orange-red tinge here. But otherwise, I just get a gray cube. And my cone has turned into a green cube. And my cube, well, that's just... You know, just a less detailed cube. So what's going on here? Well, um, imagine these to be the raw materials of something that a sculpture would use. So um, if you imagine a block of marble out of which a creature hasn't quite been carved out yet, that's what that is. So the computer uses up even less of its resources and says, look, all I'm going to do is draw a block around it. And that's called the bounding box. So you're, you're actual 3d object would fit right inside that and these are the kind of the rendered outside dimensions of each object which is why you still get the height and width and depth approximations here but you really get no detail at all and that makes it extremely fast for the computer to process because that's just a cube and one down from that is that we don't even draw these faces anymore with wire bounding box so that is literally almost nothing anymore. If you look at a large scene with this, it's, it, yes, it will be very easy and quick to navigate, but you really can't tell what is what anymore. I mean, this is even worse than bounding box. This is almost, this is the worst display option, but also the fastest one. So if you ever need to navigate a really large scene really fast, just approximately, then this is a way to do that. So that's how you can choose faster and faster display methods while still navigating your scene. If we go back to texture shaded, there are also two options below that that are usually slightly more energy intense or processor intense to draw. And one of them is the cartoon shaded option. And that looks almost the same as the texture shaded option, but there's some kind of weird effect applied here. I haven't really ever found any use for this, but I suppose it wants to be something of a, well, let's call it like a cartoony style effect. Uh, perhaps it's because Poser has it. I don't know. It's it's something I don't, I don't ever use this, but you know, it's one of those things that's there. And uh, I guess it's a little bit more processor intense to draw this than the texture shaded view. And the final one is uh, called NVIDIA iRay. Now, this is a bit of an interesting one because it uses the GPU and the NVIDIA iRay rendering engine to display the picture. But depending on the speed of your computer, it can't do this in real time. So let's go back to texture shaded and now switch over to NVIDIA iRay and watch what happens. So it takes just a few moments for the computer to kick into action and render the image. And it now looks much more realistic than it did before. So all of a sudden we get to see these shadows here. My cube and my corner, my sphere do cast shadows. And they're not just drawn in approximations of shadows. They're actually fairly realistic. If I look at this, the ambient occlusion is taken into consideration. That means if a shadow is closer to an object, it's darker than when it goes further away. This is lighter over here than it is over here. So it is all taken into consideration. Very, very good, I must say. But look at what happens if I wanted to navigate around my object. So if I do that, then uh, I get this, this little approximation that's being rendered here. And uh, only then the computer springs back into action. So usually you don't get to see this um, you only get to see these blocks here. I don't know why it's now flashing between the, the um, texture shaded and the 
iRay shaded. So as soon as I let go of my mouse button, it'll, so I, while I'm still holding my, my uh, left mouse button down here, I'm getting this kind of fuzzy picture. And as soon as I let go of the mouse, then the computer springs into action. It usually works a little bit better than that, but it's probably because I'm demonstrating it. This is why things go just weird. It's kind of, isn't that always the case? So uh, you can still navigate the scene, but you can still see, you can see that this is not happening in real time anymore. So now I'm getting, I don't know, 10, 12 frames a second, if that. Perhaps my screencasting software is interfering with that a little bit. So you can see that it's much harder for the computer to navigate the scene, but it's still capable of doing that. But if I had two or three characters in here and again, a large uh, backdrop, then this wouldn't be as fast anymore. So see this as the different ways of looking into your 3D scene from, from the outside via a 2D window. That's an important concept to remember because ever since painters started rendering reality onto a two-dimensional canvas, a three-dimensional reality onto a two-dimensional canvas, they had to come up with certain tricks to do this and we're going to explore those in a later video. So uh, for now, just so that you know, the texture shaded option is the default and NVIDIA iRay is a nice little preview if you have a fast computer and if you have larger scenes, then see if one of these other options that go further up the screen make your computer more responsive as you navigate larger scenes. One other thing before I forget to mention this, I should have maybe done this in the previous video, I totally forgot, it's kind of navigation related, but I, I just wanted to make sure I, I mentioned it somewhere and it's, it's so quick, I didn't want to make an extra video about this. So I've been currently, I've been navigating around my cone a lot here, but if I wanted to navigate around a different object, then all I need to do really is select that object, either using one of these tools here, the universal manipulator tool or the rotate, the translate or the scale tool. Uh, just select the object in question, either from here or from the scene tab, it works just as well. Sometimes on cluttered scenes or on larger scenes, it's easier to pick your object from the scene tab than it is to pick it from the viewport. And uh, once you've done it, you can click this little square button here, which is the dead center frame this object into view. And if you do that, then DAS Studio will kind of reset the scene so that this object is in the middle. You can zoom out if you like, and then you navigate around that object. So that's a good way of doing that if you're navigating a larger scene and you wanna rotate around a different object or frame in on a different object. So let's do this again with the sphere, select the sphere, then hit the little square button, then the sphere gets centered in and, and zoomed in, framed in even. You can zoom out if you like, and then you can rotate around the sphere. And of course you can do that in every drawing mode, even though you may not always see all these manipulators. So now I'm rotating around the sphere here, and if I select the cube, dead center the cube, then I would navigate around that, just like we saw before. And if I wanted to go back to my cone, I can do that as well. Select the cone, either from here or from the scene tab, hone in on it, zoom in on it, or frame in on it, and then spin around it as your heart desires. There we go, that's a little overview about the how to use the draw styles, what the draw styles are, how they work in DAS Studio, and how you can look at your 3D scene in DAS Studio. And also a little bit of navigational advice there. 
Join me in the next installment in the series about DAS Studio, the free 3D content manipulation and rendering software from DAS 3D. If you like this video, of course, then please consider sharing it with friends, family, and total strangers. And don't forget to subscribe to my channel. I will see you soon. Take care. Thank you.